This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. That's going on oh, the gosh. show. Yeah, that's, oh, gosh. that's the one part I'm not cutting out. That's <laughs> actually going to be the very beginning of the show. <laughs> Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston. This episode is coming on a day off for us. We recorded it on Monday with our good friend Amanda Griffiths, who is a Young Voices contributor. The first half hour of the episode is just going to be going out to our joingmail.com subscribers, where we had a nice debate over some juicy topics. And then the rest of it, we're going to talk about what it's like to be a, uh, a creator, a content creator in today's day and age, maybe some, some tips for writing or doing video and some, some confidence boosters, things like that. It was a really fun episode, and I'm just going to drop you guys right in because we, we spent half an hour debating this thing, a fun debate, I might add. Uh, so you can go to joingmail.com and listen to that on our private Discord. Uh, we spent that, and then I just had to say, hey, it, we're we're going to start the episode now. And so I'm just going to drop you guys right in on the action. Here you go. I'll cut out a clip, and I'll put it at the beginning, <laughs> a, a decent clip where we're very heated and probably where I say something very funny and then I, I'll say, this is what you could get if you go to joingmail.com. And in fact, that is what people are hanging out with us right now are hearing the purposes of today's discussion. This whole, we started 36 minutes ago. <laughs> no, we didn't. And we got off on a tangent because Charlie and I have to debate each other in March. And we are trying so hard to find something that we disagree on. And we just... Darn it, if we just cannot. We even agree that Dak Prescott is way overpaid and should no longer be the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. We both, we could talk about Mike McCarthy, possibly. We could have disagreements on that. I don't know. Other than that, we don't really have any disagreements. And so uh, if anyone out there has any ideas where you've heard us potentially disagree, right now it's only immigration. That's the only thing we can come up with. Amanda, what about debating? Amanda's coming on today. She's here. Hey, Amanda. How's Hi, Nate. How are you? I'm doing It's so just good to fine. join you. Now that we just now started this call and yes. everyone is... And I'm here. So great. Hi there, Chuck. It's wonderful to yeah. talk to you. Uh, I think the last time we spoke, um, I, I won a debate against you. <laughs> uh, okay. Yep. Was that actually the last time you guys spoke? You it's think? possible. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah, I, I don't want to call it a debate. It's really just more of a conversation where somebody loses. That's... <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I like this. That's, to be fair, I had more people agree with my proposition to start with. Mm. So, yes, so and then I and changed their minds. I was like, Stephen <laughs> Crow, oh, I need to take a Ugh. shower. Gross. Sorry. <laughs> it's gross. Um, I still had, at the end, I still had more people agree with my assertion than Amanda did but with she hers, flipped but more she people. flipped a few more people. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. like seven to five. Yeah, it, was, okay. it wasn't that big of a deal. That's a big percentage swing, though. I mean, it is. It's a huge percentage, percentage swing. Basis. It is. 
So um, yeah, the last time Amanda and I talked and did a did an episode, um, we started at the end of the episode started talking about content creation. Amanda writes a lot. She's a contributor for Young Voices. We've had um, her on the show a few times, and a lot of other Young Voices people. She uh, she writes a lot. You see her. She's all over the tube these days, mm-hmm. and uh, she just went through a really big move from. Uh, I'm surprised they even let you out over there, but you did make it. I had to like tunnel my way out. It was uh, harrowing. And then Southwest tried to block me from leaving. You had your Uh, own Southwest uh, debacle, didn't you? I just got half of my requested funds back. So we're working on the funny thing is it was for the same thing. So like I requested $1,500 for my cab ride from Vegas to Los Angeles Long story, we'll talk about it later, or you can hear me talk about it on Herd Tell with Andrew Donaldson. Um, I requested that $1,500 payment to get to in that the cab, because otherwise I was going to have to pay another month's rent, basically. That's the short version of the story. They, they've refunded me $750, which I'm kind of like, but it's the same thing. So why have I not proven that I was 100% in the right to get this cab ride? I was only 50%. But yes, I lost a lot of money and uh, maybe brain cells and sanity points. Um, which ex- over which explains the first half of the yeah. episode, yeah. Well, it explains, <laughs> you know, uh, why I'm going easy on you at least. So there's that. Gotcha. I got you. So, we so you were- basically built an underground railroad for yourself. <laughs> from- Those are your words, sir. And I would never, uh, I wouldn't appropriate something like that. <laughs> she would not, she would not say no. that. Last time we were on, we talked about um, how we go through the process of writing. Uh, We do a lot of content, uh, clearly a lot of video work and all that. And we started chatting back and forth with the live group. And um, I think, what is it that we were talking about mainly? Like, why can't I write anything? That was the topic we were talking about for a bit. Yeah. See, my recollection is that you were were trying to write more. Mm. And you were trying to write more consistently. And this is a struggle that I have had at many points. In fact, it's a struggle I'm having right now, trying to get back on my feet after the move. Um, But I was struggling with just more of the, A, self-promotion, things that you and Chuck do really well, which is self-promotion and kind of like video, audio production. I'm very much, because I used to... um, act and model in undergrad. So I'm very used to having other people do it for me and me just standing there. And I want to move past that and really be a full threat content creator. And I think you feel the same in terms of your writing. So we have both talked on the podcast after the show, um, which I always call office hours. And uh, we've also texted back and forth. And both of us thought, first of all, because the live group had some really awesome questions and tips of their own, we thought, wouldn't it be cool to put together an episode where we answered people's questions and answered some of our own questions, just had a really open forum about content creation as an independent and independent thinking creator. I like it. And uh, one of those questions has still, I haven't made it through because um, you had good advice, which is don't write about something that you care a lot, that you care too Mm -hmm. much about. Because one of my biggest issues is I was trying to write something. I don't remember, probably had something to do with Twitter files or 
Musk or business or something like that. And I felt like it, if I didn't cover every single principle and every single issue and I left any stone unturned, then I wasn't writing the right uh, article. It becomes mm-hmm. a boiling the ocean problem. Yeah. And right? I need it. It basically yes. needs to be a book about why I have this opinion that I can say in a paragraph. And here's a book to tell you why I believe that thing. So you become overwhelmed. You have this anxiety. It's you go into grad school. It's an issue I, I've run into here. a lot as well. You know, it's mm-hmm. like you go, you go to write something passionately about something, and then you, your brain starts thinking of all these different things. It becomes overwhelming, and then you get four words on the page, and you're like, "Wow, mm-hmm. I'm just not going to write this." This thing. is crap. I can't represent this, this opinion well. God hates me. Yeah. I get to I, why. Why should I write about this thing? Who yeah, cares? I'm not worthy. You know? I'm not worthy. Mm-hmm. That happens that, all the time. It is my biggest problem with academia. Weirdly, there are a lot of issues that I have with academic writing that I can almost compartmentalize in my academic writing. And then when I do op-eds, uh, first of all, Jeff in the live group is asking if I'm a fed <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. Um, in fact, I'm a T I'm, I'm, I'm part of the uh, SEAL team. I mm. am, I am SEAL team nine. Just you? Just, just me. Just me. It's impressive. All right. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I go off on tangents a lot. That's the way another that you problem were sarcastic, with my academic. The way you were sarcastic about that kind of sounds like a response a Feb would have. You know, I'm wearing <laughs> jorts right now. Yeah. Uh, you can't see my lower half for a reason. Mm-hmm. That's a really in, that's a really inside joke. Oh. Only people who, who who know memes will will know that uh, libertarian memes. But uh, so my I'm able to avert this problem with with journalistic writing, or at least try to by saying. And I told Nate this. I said, if you can't summarize your opinion in a tweet, don't make it the subject of an op-ed. If you could, if you start to try and summarize it in 140 characters, 280 characters, and you just find that you're going on and on and on, it's too fresh. It's too close for you, and you're not going to do the the issue justice. You're not going to do your opinion justice, not because you're a poor representative of that opinion and that issue, but just because you need distance from it. You need emotional distance from it. You haven't integrated your morals which are what are the building blocks of principle as we were discussing mm. before the show fighting words you haven't integrated your morals into your system of principles so it becomes very difficult and it makes it difficult into- to logically articulate concisely what you exactly. actually believe yep exactly and so what ends up happening is one of two things you either just have an emotional convoluted argument that doesn't make any sense to the reader and almost overwhelms the reader, or you have too linear and too calculated of an argument where the reader's just like, I'm not attached to this opinion. I haven't, there's no emotional weight to this whatsoever. Um, Cause you're really trying to spell it out more for yourself than for the reader. And so I, you pick an issue, you pick something that is at some level of emotional distance from you or you have an opinion about it but it's not so fresh and so immediate and so raw in your mind that it 
when you when you think about it, it immediately elicits an emotional response. If you feel a physical emotional reaction when you start to think about the issue, don't write about it yet. Do you ever get caught up in I think this may be um, part of this as well. Do you ever get caught up in perfectionism? Never. When it comes to audio, video, anything? Writing? No, I'm I'm not a perfect I'm sorry, this is this is complete sarcasm. Um <laughs> oh. I mean you're you're gonna have to because for me, audio video is such new ground that yeah, I think because I can't do it perfectly, I might as well not attempt it. And um definitely with writing, although I've gotten better with it in the sense that I've had to get so used to my own bad writing, by which I mean Years and years ago, I took a job writing for PR, and that was what I did basically was what I call writing junk food. So I was a ghostwriter. I churned out all kinds of content rapid fire for my clients, and it was put under my client's name. Some people can do that. I, 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 I can't. I, I get very upset and bitter. But at any rate... I had to write so quickly and I had to write these, you know, 600 word articles about these incredibly dense in the weeds issues that my drafts were bad. And I had to, I could, I didn't have time. And I, it, this wasn't the kind of job where I could just take the entire day, week, month, year to make something perfect. I had to send my writing to my editor and this has continued in my work with Young Voices. I write terrible drafts sometimes. And I know that they are terrible. And that's not just me saying it's terrible. And no, man, it's really, really good. You're a great writer. No, it's terrible. I've written <laughs> terrible drafts. And Molly, Kate, and Aaron, who are who are the editors at Young Voices, can attest to this. I've written some pretty, pretty rough drafts. And you have to send it because you're on deadline. And when you just become desensitized to your own bad writing, you look at it, you say, this is not my best work. This is not good. I'm on deadline. I'm hitting send. The more you do that, the more you're able to detach yourself and the overall, ta or your overall talent, quite frankly, from that particular piece of content. So I you you need to start doing that. You need to start sh not just mm. ju just writing, but get used to sharing your own bad writing with other people. Get I'm, used to sending it out. I'm bad at doing that. So I started the yeah. Substack and I said I'm going to start writing. And so I started the Substack and I was trying to it, um, just kind of uh, I'm going to maybe direct people there sometimes. I posted five or I've written five or six articles on there. I haven't even shared them. I think I shared one of them one time. And it's just, uh, if people happen to accidentally run into the articles, then, then that's okay. But I'm not confident enough in them to actually send them out to anyone. And then I've got one I'm working on right now that I just, uh, and of course, how many articles do you have that you uh, started and got pretty close and then stopped? Like, uh, I just can't. So many, including for you. Like I've got, I've got an entire folder of like unfinished GML articles, and this is before I started working for Young Voices. This is when I was sending stuff to you, and I was so scared. So for for people who don't know, there's a little bit of backstory, which is that Good Morning Liberty was the first place to like publicly publish me, 
and uh, outside of academia. And so I, and we I dropped you once we heard your stance on um, vaccines and corporations. That's, and that's stuff. right. Well, because yeah. because you're feds. That's okay. <laughs> um, but I, so I I got so scared to send things to you that I would, I'd set a goal for myself. I don't think you ever knew this. I would set a goal for myself. Like I wanted to be publishing with you guys a couple times a month and I, I couldn't. And there are so many things that for young voices, in fact, I still have the, this problem. I just haven't, uh, I haven't sent the articles. Cause I'm like, okay, this is too. And sometimes it's, it's that it's too in the weeds. Sometimes it's too, you know, there are things that are up on your website, quite frankly, that I look at, I'm like, Oh, I could have written that better. Oh, I don't know if I would, I, I would send that today. Uh, not because I disagree, but just because I'm like, well, and sometimes, sometimes you, you say something that is, in your opinion, changes, mm. and you have to be honest about that. And that's, it's perfectly okay. <clears throat> You're a human being. Your opinion should change and evolve. So yeah, there's tons of stuff that I've never sent in because, and I've gotten so close. There's really good <clears throat> practical advice that I learned from, I don't care what everyone listening to this thinks of him, from Gary V. Mm. Some good practical advice, which is, and I think this is really smart, especially for free market thinking people, is that a lot of times as a perfectionist, and and this is way easier to say than it is to put in practice, you don't really know what the market response is going to be. Yeah. That happened this weekend with one video we posted on YouTube, which was just this weird John Kerry video that didn't seem to be that funny or whatever, and it's already up to almost 10,000 views just over the weekend, and we just had no idea. It was a throwaway it, video, honestly. Right. And, and yeah. see, that's the one thing that we that I think we do, Nate's really good at this, is like you kind of throw it out there, even if you don't think it's your best. It, I'm not saying you don't work hard on it and you don't do your best right. on it, but you throw it out there and see what the market response is because a lot of times – you know, you don't know. You have musicians. The free to choose thing too was a throw. The uh, I, I work on the free to choose video, and then sorry, your musician thing. I was just going to say another example. I had a throwaway Milton Friedman video that I made for free to choose. Literally, I almost didn't post it. It sat there as a draft, and I was like, ah, "This isn't good enough to post." And it got like six hundred thousand views yeah. over the span of a week or so. But right. Charlie was going to say something about musicians. Well, and you have you, you know you have musicians work on an album mm-hmm. for five years trying to protect you know perfect every song, and then it, like the one that they half ass did a demo on, you know that mm-hmm. they were never mm-hmm. going to release ends up being the most popular song because you don't really actually know how the market is going to respond to something until you give it to them to be able to respond to. But this goes back to what I was saying as well with not being too attached to something because I, I'll bet that if you were really attached to that Free to Choose video or that Gary Johnson thing, it might not have had the same impact. And I have so many stories of this. In fact, um, the article, I I want to say, I, I'm going to try and do like um, positive vibes. I'm going to say the first article so far, the ceiling article that I've published at Reason. Um I, which I, I know there are various views on reason in this group. I, I'm a really huge fan of reason. I think they do great work. I think they've got awesome people there. Um, the first article that I published at reason uh, with young voices was an article that I was not proud of. It was one of those bad drafts. It was about Gavin Newsom, Gavin with good hair. And he had 
I, it was, it was something about the, the title is something like, you know, makes the right, it wasn't makes the right move on crypto for the wrong reasons, but it was something about that where he was like, he had ostensibly done something good that was opening the markets to crypto content creators or not content creators, but, but, uh, but cryptocurrency entrepreneurs, but really it was rolling out the welcome mat for higher, for more regulation. And this was a, this could have been a kind of in the weeds argument. I didn't feel good enough to make it. And Reason's got a bunch of great people on crypto. So it didn't even cross my mind to submit this to, to Reason. Um, I sort of said on a whim to my editor at the time who was working on the piece, if my, my dream is to, is to write for Reason. So yes, if, if you want to submit this to Reason, I always will welcome the chance to publish with them. But it's a long shot. And they took it. And it ended up being a really good piece, partly because I think the editors at Young Voices are magical people. It takes that you you can be a great writer and a terrible editor uh, and vice versa, but they are both. Uh, they're both great writers and great editors. And I was, and the, the editors at Reason are fantastic too. And it became this great article. It was a very, very good piece, but it was a bad draft. It was not it when it was, it was one of those things that I kind of, I was very much on deadline and I felt like I just threw it away. And, and it, that happens a lot. That happens more often than the converse. I have several articles uh, that I have written. In fact, I have one that was completely finished. I just never published it because uh, I ended up not agreeing with it. <laughs> with yourself. <laughs> I wrote an article and I was like, I'll make this point. And I made the point in the article. And then afterwards I was like, I don't agree with this point. <laughs> it's so stupid. But I made the I made the point. It actually it was the joke uh, January 6th amnesty article. It wasn't really a joke. It actually ended up being a really good article, I felt like. And I and um I ended up realizing after I made the point really well to try and parody the uh the pandemic amnesty article from the Atlantic, I uh, made the January 6th amnesty article and it actually turned out really well. But then I realized that I didn't agree with January 6th amnesty because the people that have uh, been in prison for two years after that, I was like, no people in prison for stuff. I don't think they should be in prison for, we don't need amnesty right now. And, uh, and so I never published it because I, I should have just given it to someone else, I guess. I think you should. But uh, Amanda, why haven't you done more video stuff? I mean, we're we're pumping out. Uh, if you want to know how to get shadow banned or banned or demonetized, uh, these are the guys that ask right here. We know how to do yeah. it. Yeah. Why haven't I put out more video stuff? Um, I think partly it's just because I feel like I, I think we're going to go back to perfectionism here. I feel like I don't have the right equipment. Uh, I feel like there is a skill to, I ramble. I feel like there's a skill to, to, to speaking concisely that maybe I don't always have. I go off on tangents. I, I don't even know where to begin, quite frankly. I don't know where you begin when it comes to, and this is something that I have an opportunity to, to make this more a part, uh, like a, an actually financially lucrative part of my budding career question mark. And I want to jump on it 
I don't even know where to start in terms of like put out a TikTok video. I don't have, I mean, I don't have an active Instagram. Technically, I have an Instagram username. I never go on Instagram. Hold on, hold How on. How do you even start with Dude, that stuff? I'm impressed. Do you have all of these excuses written down somewhere, or are you just coming up with these just right off the top of your head? <laughs> well, I've been in therapy a lot, and so I'm very intro. I'm Kidding. very introspective. What? Yeah, that's a you're you're, you're joking. It's a joke. You're messing with me. <laughs> it's a joke. I'd say that to Charlie all the time because yeah. he'll give but me I, like three or four reasons. Like, oh, well, you know, I couldn't do that. I'm like, you got these all written down on a cue card? Like, what's going on here? This is amazing. No, but, but see, nobody would just watch me do a video explainer about why I haven't made a video. There's something that <laughs> it takes this special factor to be compelling on video. And while I am so fresh and so face, I don't know any anything, as Ben Shapiro would say, I don't know any, like, beyond that with the specific content of the video, there's an oomph factor that I'm not sure is the same factor that you have to go for when you're doing writing, if that makes sense. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I think you do. I, I mean, it depends on... I think it really depends because, I mean, you look at the most popular, some of the most popular videos and podcasts... You know, it's Joe Rogan having a conversation with some random person for three hours. And I love that. If I so could it's do, like, and yeah, no one saw that coming. I, I yeah, you know, I, I did. I disagree with that premise, but that could be our that could be our debate. No, that who cares about I mean, that? You know, I, I mean, th there are there are you know some dynamics at play to you know there are some formulas, let's say, to going viral or you know different things like that that could add you know credibility credibility or clout that makes making content after that easier. But I think also that you don't, I, I go back to like, you don't really know how the market is going to respond. Like you don't, you know, we That's think, true. we think we have these formulas nailed out and then all of a sudden the market shifts and it's like, okay, well, you know, now it's three hour podcasts that are. Look how good our TikTok popular, did at you know? first. Well, you know, we didn't know the market was going to respond to our TikToks. We were getting a million plays a month. Uh, there yeah. for there for a while on TikTok and, and you said it, something about being financially lucrative. That's until you get demonetized and shadow banned. Yeah. <laughs> then it's really lucrative, isn't it, yeah, Stephen and Ben? Yeah. Um. Oh. Oh. Just got banned from their shows uh, proactively. Um. So I, I'm to refute my prior point. Actually, to to argue with myself and to agree with you, Chuck. I'm now thinking that that honestly, my most popular interviews that I've done have been deep dives on Machiavelli and they've been like one and a half hour, two hour, just in the weeds discussions on Machiavelli. Um, for those who don't know, I am in academia and Machiavelli is sort of my political subject. So I write about Machiavelli's political thoughts, study it in depth, have a lot of weird opinions and hot takes on him. Um, been doing it for years and years. And I love the opportunity to go and talk about Machiavelli in a way that's accessible to, to, to people and that makes him relevant and makes his ideas relevant, particularly if we're talking about things like liberty and particularly if we're talking about things like the market, because a lot of times Machiavelli gets mislabeled as a communist or as a, like a proto-communist or whatever or proto-fascist, um, and he was neither. But I understand why people think that. These deep dives that I've done have been some of the most popular videos that I've ever done and interviews that I've ever done. 
So I think you might be onto something there where people are craving because now they have something that our parents didn't, our grandparents certainly didn't, which was they have, they can access any media from anywhere. It used to be you got back from work and you had like 30 minutes while your pregnant wife was barefoot in the kitchen making dinner to watch the evening news report. So that 30 minutes had to be jammed packed with just the top lines. But now you can listen to a podcast. You can watch a video. You can even interact and interface with the creator when you're doing anything, when you're running errands, when you're barefoot and pregnant and in the kitchen yourself, uh, when you are at the gym, when you're, you know, trying to get a refund from Southwest. We even let, you, we even let women do some of the talking in those, in those things too. Now, <laughs> these sometimes days, you know, it's and then you explain our opinions for us, which is yeah. really helpful. I find, mm-hmm. by the way, you can explain that opinion. It, this is going to be edited <laughs> while I, while I uh, use, use the restroom super fast. Okay. I will have, I will, I will, un, I will not be muting you. So I will be able to hear you if you're talking about me. Okay. You just won't be able to hear me. I think I understand. I'll do your video is still there. Is that Okay. No, nope. okay. There, we, there go. we go. She's gone. Well, now that she's gone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, everyone uh, hanging on the live group, thanks for hanging. We have a, another episode so that's going to be coming up at three, by the way. It, is she saying she's a woman? I think she said that. She did make that claim. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, I just I'm pretty make sure. sure. Um, Maybe she can tell us what a woman is. I had, uh, she could be able to. Only she, we wouldn't be able to say what that is, of right. course. One of the only things we wouldn't be able to say. No, I wouldn't want to mansplain that anyway. I think that uh, the best way to ex- to do the videos, by the way, and um, I mean, we just take clips from our podcast and put them up. And that used to do really well on TikTok uh, way back in the day. Mm-hmm. And um, I think what you got to, I think what you have to do is explain things to people like they're 12 years old, something like that. Like, don't, I really, for some of these, don't go too far into the weeds. Here's what I actually think. And I think I was going to wait for Amanda to come back on this. But she my, can still hear us, right, Amanda? My, my whole thought process on this is that I think the market has shifted and people care the most about authenticity than they care about anything else. It's true. So they can really see, like, they can tell, are you on a script? Like, are you trying to dupe me? Like, they're very, the, the proclivity to like sniff out fakeness is just rampant. They want to the see market. you doing you. Right. And so they don't want to see Amanda doing us. Exactly. They want to see a, a Amanda doing her thing. I, I think it is so shifted in that direction. She's because, saying words, but I can't hear her because right now. The, I think maybe because of the information age, I don't know why exactly, but it's shifted so much in that direction that you have all these little like <laughs> niches throughout the market where, I mean, look, I've seen... Um, I've seen, especially on TikTok, right? You see these people that uh, get these massive followings and and uh, things that aren't your traditional type of following that you would see or that people would normally gravitate to. But I think it's because those people are just like authentic. They're just authentically themselves, and there's a market for that, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. because everyone everyone thinks of themselves as the weirdest person on earth. Like, uh, you know, they're, and when you find someone that you can relate to, well, that's who you're naturally going to gravitate to. And as long as they're real, you know, then, then that's what you want to do. 
There's a market for everything there because the market is infinite. The consumer base is infinite and infinitely growing. That's the beautiful thing about full consumer access, which you were discussing prior to the show. Oh, oh, what was that, Um, Amanda? You want me to put that in this episode? uh, Yeah, because I was right about (laughs) everything. So, Um, yeah, I. Did you say that you were a woman? I just wanted to clarify. uh, I didn't want to speak for you. Honestly, my views on gender are like both are, are are anathema to both the right and the left. I I do think that gender is a construct, and I think because it's a construct, people should just shut up about it. I don't I don't care what you refer to me as when I'm out of the room. You can use whatever pronouns you want. Frankly, I'm an advocate for referring to everyone as it and they, and I'm not joking. What about um, uh, gender versus what if what about sex like male female? You might have a different view on that, right? There's yeah, there's a difference between the gametes that you have and the word that you use to describe, or the word by which you would prefer other people call you. But that's like saying, you know, I'm a human being and my name is Amanda. Well, you don't look like an Amanda. Were you assigned Amanda at birth? Like, I mean, just call me Amanda. Don't make such a big deal about it. I, you want to call me what? <laughs> so that that's, I, I see gender as kind of being the same thing as a name. Where a lot of people keep the one that they were given at birth and some people change it. And I will, you know, wh- however people introduce themselves to me, that is who they are to me. You know? Um, and I'm not going to make a big stink about, well, they look more like a James than a Tom. I I, why are you making that the subject of of your Daily Wire video? I, Who so looks like I'm a James, not ever going to be on the Daily Wire. Yeah. <laughs> I do look like a James, um, but yeah. But to go back to uh, to things that that we were talking about, um, we're, we're so you guys were talking about scripts a little bit. I will say that I so I have a background in, and I forget if this was something that I said before the show or at the start of the show, I have a background in acting. And so for me, I actually find it helpful to script myself some. And I usually, maybe I'm flattering myself. Usually it's difficult to tell if I'm, if I'm saying something that is, that is just written down um, or that I've memorized. If I am able to, to wing it and improvise a little bit, so there's a difference between, you know, scripting yourself entirely and just not being practiced at it and having notes and having talking points that you're able to rehearse. Yeah. And I, I mean, we follow show notes. It's mm-hmm. not like we don't have mm-hmm. something that kind of structures something, but, you know, I believe, and I could be wrong. Maybe the live group can tell us. I believe that, that Nate and I, like the reason it's a, you know, a somewhat decent show is because we talk to each other on this show like we talk to each other in real life. Yeah. Like you're getting an actual friendship dynamic between us that we just recorded and put it on video. That's correct, like, Charlie. In fact, every time that we do a show, <laughs> I happen to believe there hold on, I can't read the notes. Things in my way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I think we do a good job. (laughs) (laughs) I do get a little bit anxious when we go off the... Okay, so I have... Which he does in real life, by the way. Charlie, yeah. (laughs) That's the same thing. Charlie knows that I have the entire episode 
scripted out oh, in my yeah. head before. I don't write down a script before I, we do the show, but I've got step by step the way that each thing leads into each thing and every uh, a lot of little things that okay sometimes sound like I just made those up right then actually I've been practicing to, it's almost like writing yeah. a joke throughout the day like yeah. I kind of uh, write a little bit of a of a bit in my head I get really mad when I forget those things too by the way like I'll go back and look at the cuz I actually and I love to look it. at the notes yeah. and I love it cuz I can play off of it mm-hmm. like you know I can Use Nate's anxiety to his own detriment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need stuff which, like that to be planned out. Which makes it fun. I'm much more of a wing it person, and that's exactly how I approach everything. Yeah. You know? That's what's going to be fun about me subbing for Nate while he's gone when I do occasionally is because uh, I am I am like Nate in terms of I think we're both a little bit. You hide it better, Nate, but um, I'm – I'm very much, I'm, I'm a type A kind of, I need to have things written down. I need to have a plan. I'm only and, type A during the podcast. That's the only time that yeah, I'm but, type but A. I'm not worry, a type A person. But you and I are both chronically anxious, I think, if, oh, yeah. if, if mm-hmm. I can out both of us a little bit. Yeah, yeah. When it comes to conferences or doing interviews or anything, I try to convince Nate, I'm like, these are just people. Yeah. Oh, I, just, I, I do that too. I just, I feel like I'm bad at being a person. I feel like if I had to be a character, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would do a better job. <laughs> yeah. I do have a yeah. podcast character, though. Uh, kind yeah. of. Kind of. A little yeah. bit. Your voice, I like can't... your voice inflection is a little bit different than normal yeah. everyday life. But... Charlie speaks exactly how he <laughs> speaks in real life. This is exactly what talking to Charlie sounds like yeah. all the time. Even when I get loud, it's, yeah, I, it's I actually get loud thing. in the office. But with me, when Nate's I like stay, people are working like, next to us. <laughs> I stay at this constant thing throughout the whole podcast. And I'm trying to make these points. That is not how I am in actual life. Unless I get real worked up about something. I guess yeah. I just mm-hmm. try to stay real worked up during the show. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just constantly yeah. in character because that's just who I am. So, Amanda, I, what are you going to do about making – got to get on TikTok, though. And for all the other content creators out there, uh, we talked to some other people in the past about making sure they got on something. Now, I don't know what you all think about TikTok. I've thought several times about taking it off my phone uh, because uh, some uh, Republican said that it was bad to have on my phone. And I don't really know exactly what it is that they're doing with all of my information. Probably not that different from what all the other apps are doing with my Yeah, but it's the communists that are doing it. I actually do have a principal obje- objection to, uh, to to TikTok, and I'm I'm struggling with that a little bit, actually, and, and like seriously, and in, in a serious way. So that would be interesting to discuss. Uh, like, what what do you, if you actually do have a principal objection to a platform? What do you do about it? And do you still continue to use the platform? I Here, think is, is a good question. Here's that I where have I right think now. we, I, I, you know, I think we take a play out of the Daily Wire slash Crowder playbook mm. in the essence that we, because the whole idea, right, as libertarians is we want to convert more, more, convert more people to liberty, right? And so why not play by the platform's rules um, to get people in the door? Because there are so many things we can talk about in the marketplace um, where the platforms will allow those conversations to take place. And then you can get more controversial on a different platform or what what say what you need to say. It's not really part of that bothers me in the essence of like, oh, do I have to bend the truth and bow down to, yeah. you know, 
big tech and big con. <laughs> we'll see. Or, or am I just playing the game that's presented because we don't have any other options? And one thing I can say on this show, just being honest, like, you know, it has hurt us to be shadow banned and demonetized. I, you know, I don't think we have grown as much as I thought we would have considering the trajectory that we were on, if everything would have stayed the same even. Um, and it kind of, it set us back in a way um, that I think hurts the ultimate goal. And so it's like, you kind of have to balance those decisions. Um, and it's a, it's a tough decision to make because it's never like, I never want to compromise my principles. Um, you know, I, I believe in that deeply, but at the same time, it's like, okay, is this a nuance where we kind of have to play a game so that we can still believe in our values and our principles, but it's just like we're playing what's available to us in the market? It's like I don't agree with the speed limit on the roads on the way here, but I obey them so I can make it here and talk bad about the government. That's you know, <laughs> that's uh, it's a little different though with, with no, it's TikTok. not. For the, no, for the, no, no, no. I, I can explain. I can I can explain what my my specific issue is with TikTok, and I think it's important for people who don't kind of know the backstory. Get a burner. It's phone. not. <laughs> it's not really about you know the the rules of the platform or big tech and big con and all that. It's it's about uh, it, it's about the the algorithm and the data sourcing and the fact that. You know, if someone has, if a, if a TikTok employee has a backdoor to my data, then the CCP, have, the Chinese Communist Party, have a backdoor to my data. And while there, I don't have any state secrets or anything like that that I know of, um, there is, I don't want to be a means of access for that kind of thing. What if you get a burner phone? How do I get a burner phone? That's another question. But if you, they well, just, I just have a burner phone that I specifically just use for TikTok. I'm, it's an I mean, that, that that's an idea. You that is create an idea. A fake, yeah, I could write it off my identity. taxes. Yeah. Create a fake ID. You go talk to Andy Dufresne. He'll make you a new fake identification <laughs> and you get yourself a burner phone uh, under that name. And uh, I mean, I've had the same... You know, what's really weird is with the China thing, there's a there's a uh, trading platform that gets advertised a lot. And I can't remember the name of it. It's something weird like Moomoo or something like that. And they give you, if you put in a couple thousand bucks, they give you like a ton of free stocks, like a lot of free money if you put in a couple thousand bucks. But it's a China-based trading platform. And uh, I looked at the I looked at the platform and I was like, well, I can put in a couple thousand bucks and have them give me a ton of free stocks and I'll just withdraw the whole thing later on. That's fine. Uh... But I found myself so I found myself so fearful that the CCP was going to take over this trading platform. Uh, I mean, they already have the Chinese thing. No, if it's a Chinese company, it's it's run by the CCP. I just meant that, like, is, that is. I just meant like, what if this is a way? that they are just trying to gain access to all of the Americans' bank accounts and they have so many businesses that they're it connected is. to that someday when they want the the uh, extrament to hit the oscillating unit, uh, when they want that to happen, they will be able to overdraft, withdraw from everyone. Sure, they'll, they will they could work out later, but they could create bank runs overnight and if they wanted scores, to. Credit you know? uni- scores, like, universal credit scores. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, that is a possibility. 
that that's actually not as irrational as I think you're trying to make it sound. I am the place where I am possibly the least libertarian, uh, other than if you would believe vaccine mandates, although I think I'm more libertarian than you are um, Mm. on that. Mm. The place where I'm the least libertarian is on red China. Red China. (laughs) You're more like, are you more like MAGA when it comes to China? Like red MAGA. Well, MAGA is isolationist. I I think that China, China. I I feel like the Chinese Communist Party poses a global threat. Um, And again, this is this is tangential. But I do think that if our goal is to spread liberty and to spread the message of love, liberty, then we do have an interest in mitigating. And I'm not talking about military action here. But we we do have we do have an interest in mitigating forces that are both powerful and hostile to 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 that. And it really disturbs me. This is something that I want to write more about. But again, I have to have more emotional distance from it. Quite frankly, as we were discussing, I get very very uh, worried. When I see our government doing things that that tie the hands of American innovation and just funnel it to the Chinese Communist Party, I'm talking about chip manufacturing. I'm talking about uh, I'm talking about rare earth metals, which I've done so much in the weeds writing about that but it's become a pet subject of mine or the are the regulations that we have around that and the regulations that we have around green tech you know we try to do things to go green that effectively outsource our footprint our carbon footprint to the chinese communist party which is much worse for the environment um i get really frustrated and really worried when i see the U.S. government and the CCP doing things that just play to the CCP's interests. And so I I do worry about that kind of on a more macro level. This would um, be a great conversation because I have a lot of questions there that I yeah, think we should say. I'd love for, to talk about for that's, next what, that's week. an episode while Nate's gone. Yeah, yeah. while Nate's gone. So what, Whatever, guys. So, by the way, we're, that's what Amanda and I, that's one of the things we're going to be talking about next week uh, when Nate is on his gay cruise going around <laughs> the Caribbean, having a good old time. That's what I meant. Happy. I we can't just happy, change yeah. word. Like, mm-hmm. that's what I meant by it. Mm-hmm. I can't say what I meant by that word. Uh, cruises are happy. And so I hope you have a, a good old time. It's going to be. Me- and so. What's up? Let me pull up some of the texts that we had back and forth, because when you and I were talking about um, this episode early on, I think you had some great questions slash pointers, and I want to see if I can run through these. But I also want to know various questions from the groups. We have 10 minutes. Okay, yeah. Um, Because I have to pee before we do another episode. (laughs) And my back. I should have told you beforehand, I'm not wincing because I hate what you're saying so bad. Um, I do still have this whole herniated disc problem in my lower back and my whatever it means for your back to go out as the uh, as my parents would say whatever that is, that's what happened this weekend and I've just been laying on the couch with a heating pad and ice over the last uh, couple days and 
Um, mm. it, it hurts me. So I would say these like bar stools that we sit on probably not the good. best for it mm. either. This happened. Um, well, I think I helped contribute to Nick's bat problem back when we were in Vegas at the World Series of Poker. Mm. I went to do a workout, and Nate's like, I'll go with you. And then um, I didn't realize his back problems at the time. And so we were doing some dumbbell squat thrusters, and your back went out. Like, That's why you went out of the tournament. Like immediately. Yeah. Yeah, it was too much in too much pain to make good decisions. Yeah. No, I, I, table. I had no idea. And, of course, Nate didn't say anything. He wasn't like, oh, I probably shouldn't do this because my back. I thought um, I would lose my man card. It's, <laughs> my so, back is yeah. broken. What did you find in, the, uh, in our text messages that you can repeat on air, Amanda? Not much, but you, you had asked about writer's block. And I think this is, this is kind of something that I have, you know, I have video creators block. You have writer's block. I mean, everyone get, gets writer's block. I get it too. Um, and one thing that I had said was that if you can, like you being a podcaster is one of the most powerful tools that you have against writer's block. Because if you can say it out loud, you can write an op-ed. And in fact, the things that make the best op-eds are the things, especially for, for an op-ed in particular, because there's a particular voice that you want to have. Um, that is, that's your voice. And for, for writing, especially kind of shorter form content, if you can just talk it out, I will literally sit in front of my computer or actually more, more accurately, I'll kind of pace um, and I will talk. And as I talk, I write. And then I go back and I read what I've talked. I've read what I've said. And I just kind of edit it for clarity and grammar. Um, that's that's how a lot of my writing happens for, for op-eds, at least. And even for academic writing, I kind of pretend that I'm giving a lecture and I type as I'm talking um and and it comes you know it, it sort of flows that is a really effective way to write so if you can say it you you've written it down i try not to write anything that i can't explain verbally first and interviews and things like that sometimes give me often most of the time give me ideas for op-eds if I don't know what I'm going to write uh for the week or the month and then I do you know then I do an interview sometimes it's about something I've written in the past then I kind of land on something like oh I'm this is actually really good and and it becomes the subject of the next of the next op-ed so, so from this, I'll have a lot of, have, yeah. So you're going to have all kinds of content from this conversation then. Mm. That's what it sounds like. How to be, I don't know. It's very, very meta content. Yeah. How, how to write about writing about writing. Yeah. All right. So to wrap this up, um, have you considered, I think this is a good question to end on. We can talk a little bit about it. Have you considered, cause we are, um, in fact, I think we're implementing some of them. Um, but have you considered any AI? There's a lot of AI tools out there now, especially for content creation. Of course, the most popular one going around right now is ChatGPT. Um, then you, I mean, there's all kinds of um, AIs out there now. 
And have you considered using any of them? Do you use any of them? Any advice on those? What are, what are your thoughts? Uh, all my I is A. So um, no, I, I don't. I don't trust. I don't trust the robots. Um, I marginally trust my Roomba. His name is Thrasymachus, and only only Thrasymachus. Not all Roombas in general. Um, I, this is another point where I just, I don't even know where to begin. I barely know what chat GBT, G, GBT, I barely know what chat GPT is. Um, and yeah. I don't even know what it's called. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I think I messed, I messed it up. Chat PBJ, chat. Yeah. We get a demand that you don't PBR. use it. Yeah. We got I you. don't. Mm-hmm. I'm a boomer when it comes to technology. See, that could be content, but I can't get it out there because I'm such a boomer when I come to, when it comes to technology. <laughs> well, there's yeah. A, so, so how do you feel about it? I think it's. I, I mean, I think it's great. There's a lot of wonderful things. Nate and I were just talking about it the other day, um, especially with as you said this this sparked my interest because you just said if you can do it in audio like you can obviously write it we have almost a thousand episodes now that we can literally run through ai by the way um that can now it's to the point where it can nearly 100 percent accurately extract the words down on paper of everything you've said that's so, hilarious so this the, is like, something that we could run our episodes through um that would literally you know, transcribe it, which they've had for a while. They've had transcription for a while, but then now that's because one of the toughest part is having a rough draft and see now if with something like that, we could run an episode through this uh, transcription AI and we can have it take out the ums and ahs and the ands, like I just said, and then you have a rough draft and you can kind of pinpoint and do all of that. And, um, then you it helps could help with something like writer's block. So hmm. Nate just put in chat GPT. It said, uh, write a short essay about how Amanda is a boomer when it comes to technology. Chat GPT says, Amanda is a true boomer when it comes to technology. She's very resistant to change and is slow to adopt new technology. She's been using the same desktop computer for years and refuses to upgrade. She still uses a flip phone, which is practically a relic in today's world of smartphones. She also has an aversion to social media and refuses to join any of the popular platforms. <laughs> Her computer skills are limited and she struggles to keep up with the ever-changing world of technology. Amanda's lack of technological savvy. You can this is savvy? I think this this is how is it- it's savvy, but I'm saying it says technology so many times. It's like this is what Kamala Harris uses to write her little. Speech. Yeah, yeah. I honestly think yeah. this is this is Kamala Harris's speech. This writer, is why isn't I said yeah. rough draft. Amanda's lack yeah. of technological savvy can be both frustrating and endearing. On one hand, it can be difficult to her to help her keep up with the rapid advances in technology. On the other hand, her reluctance to dive into the world of technology can be a refreshing reminder to slow down and appreciate the simpler things in life. Amanda's boomer-style approach to technology is something to be admired. She is proof that you don't have to be a tech-savvy person to stay connected and relevant in today's world. But I just said that I struggled to stay relevant at the beginning. So once again, like we still have a long way to go with robots, which is comforting to me. It started strong. You can go with that. You can go with the. I mean, it's it's one of those essays that would get a five on the Mm -hmm. GRE writing portion, and that's how I know it's crap. 
<laughs> this would be perfect at writing corporate BS jargon for whatever well, see, a lot workshop of people think, you need to do. A lot of people think AI is going to replace, you know, humans, which I think in mm -mm. some in some instances it could. Um, it really depends on on what you're doing. However, the we still have the smartest computers known to man currently, um, which is our brains, and so we haven't been able to really reproduce that. Present yet. company excluded. Um, and what I mean by that is an overall computer because we can add lots of things that computers can't do. Um, and so, but what I'm thinking is, is like if you use them as tools, like I think the people that use AI as tools to then maybe create a rough first draft or maybe create an image or whatever the case may be, you can use that, adopt that. I'm just thinking of other ways for this content creation, writer's block. Um, you can even create videos, by the way. They have text to video now. Uh, which will create like a real-looking human being saying your words that you typed out um, in a pretty decent way. So I, I think if you, you you can use those tools to better uh, help jumpstart content creation, I just think it's a very interesting period in which we are in growing up with this technology developing. That's my opinion. I was serious about the fact that I have to use the bathroom like it's a real thing. That's gonna, you guys can keep the time, going. The time's up. You guys got to go can keep up um, or we got to go because we have another episode in 30 minutes. I think you guys are going to have a lot to, to, to continue this next week while I'm gone. Yeah. Chuck, um, I'm, I'm good on Mondays. I, I can be, I can be your Monday girl. I can be your girl Monday. Okay. There you like go. Girl Friday, but I, you know, your girl Monday. So Monday, Amanda, Monday, Monday. Amanda and Charlie, no Nate. Won't be here. No Nate. Nate free zone. I'm no on a Nate's boat. allowed. <sighs> Wow. I'm on a boat, eh? and then, it's going fast, eh? and then I'm going on another vacation uh, at the beginning of April, and then I'm going on another vacation at the beginning of May. How wow. are you going on all these vacations? I haven't had one in a million years. And I'm making up for because Facebook mine. just remonetized us. Yeah, we finally got oh, our must talk turn back on. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. It's no, you slowly, know what it is? It's slowly coming. You back. know what it is? I never spent my stimmy checks. Never, never did. Still got them. Uh, sitting there in the savings account, so I'm just going to take them on vacation. You know, mm. they just all just all been sitting there this whole time, losing money because you know, inflation's going. That's true. Yeah. I keep losing you money. Should invested it in crypto. That's right. Oh, yeah, that would have been great. Yeah, for sure. All right, are we like ending the show? Go like ahead. Normal? Yeah, yeah. If well, you enjoyed the know. show, uh, Amanda, where can people go to? Uh, you know the thing. Uh, until you can find me on TikTok, and perhaps one day you can, you can follow me on Twitter at Ajax the Griff. That's A J A X T H E G R I F F. Uh, and you can also check out my contributor page at Young Voices, where you'll see all the videos and all the all the various interviews and articles that I've been doing. Uh, and you can follow me there. I always love to engage. And you can catch me on Good Morning Liberty, I guess, on maybe on Mondays while Nate's on vacation, mm. question mark. Um, so, yes, you can find me at Twitter. You can find me at Young Voices. You can find me here sometimes. You can find me anywhere. Thanks, Amanda. Yeah. Can we find you in the club? That's what I want to know. You can find me in the club. Okay. Yes. Good. Yeah. Good. Just making getting, sure. <laughs> popping bottles, getting okay. slizzard. All right. Bottle full of. Uh, All right. Yeah. I don't think anyone wants us to continue down this path <laughs> right now. 
So well, Char- Charlie and I are going to uh, take a short bathroom break and then do another episode. Amanda, thank you for hanging out. Everyone go to all those links, and she will be back on again, it sounds like, on Monday, while I am sipping non-alcoholic beverages on the beach somewhere, as long as they allow me to get off the boat. Uh, we will see. Thank you, everyone who's been hanging out. And if you do all those things, and Charlie means every single one of them, uh, we'll be again. We'll be back here again some other time because I don't know what day this is actually going to get released. So I don't even know what to say right now. Do all those things. Have a good day. Good morning, Liberty.